back to Writing Into the Unknown, a podcast where we dive deep into topics relating to university, careers, life into adulthood, learning languages, and so much more. So my name is Monica. And I'm Christina. And today's episode is episode 33, and we're really, really excited to be talking to you guys from, I'm here in Perth at the moment, so really, really exciting, and Creases in Reading, so we're really excited to just start the podcast. We're going to be talking about university rejection and pressure surrounding getting a first class, because, you know, today was results day for us at the University of Glasgow, so I have a couple of things to say about this, but yeah, I just I just wanted to ask you, Chris, how do you feel being away from grades and and, and all this sort of, you know, grades and percentages defining um who you are as a person because I feel like nowadays not nowadays sorry when we're at university we attach ourselves a lot to to grades and numbers and being in the real world it's like numbers don't define me so um how has your experience been sort of going from that to to working now yeah I'm glad you asked because it actually feels incredible so there is light at the end of the tunnel I genuinely feel like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And obviously I'm in a very fortunate position, you know, I'm uh, employed full time and I can do something that I'm enjoying and I don't feel that extreme pressure that I did back at university. Funnily enough though, I do quite rarely nowadays, but I still get nightmares about, you know, missing exams or not showing up to like an exam or missing deadlines and stuff like that um last one happened maybe last month and I was like why am I still dreaming about this those days are long gone but I I guess it's just this trauma that I'm gonna have to endure for a, a while longer but I definitely feel your pain and your suffering when it comes to feeling that in, immense pressure when it comes to delivering and always being tested on your knowledge and as you say it feels as though it defines your worth, it defines your intellect, and it takes a lot of introspection and work, really inner work, to understand that that is by far not the case, or definitely not the case. And um, which I, what I mean by this is that you know you study and you work as hard as you can, but then at at the end of the day you're going to set that exam. That exam is going to be, there are going to be questions that you may have studied, you may not have studied as much. And I'm not saying it's luck. Obviously, if you were well prepared, you're going to do better in the exam. But there are so many different factors that can attribute your final performance that it's so unfair to judge ourselves by the way that we perform so the way that I like to think about it, especially after I've done an exam is to really say okay I've done the best that I could I'm confident that I did the best that was of my ability and after that it's the lecturers or the examiners um, turn to market and I have no say so there's no really use in stressing once that is done but obviously um, yeah I wanted to sort of talk to you a bit as well how like our feelings of preparation towards an exam and we always feel like we haven't done enough and if you felt like that as well even though you know you were prepared you still feel like you could have done more and there's like lots of doubts that we fear and and a little pressure that we feel um surrounding that so I wanted to sort of get your 
input as well. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of quickly talk about how so much pressure is put on us to get a certain percentage or to get a certain grade in one exam. Like this one day is like, like so much pressure, like it will literally determine your future. And imagine putting all of this pressure into one day, like imagine you were, you know, had a bad day or you were ill or you like didn't get enough sleep or you were like super hungry, like all of these factors are going to affect your performance during the exam. And it's crazy because someone could be really, really, really smart or they could be really, really skilled but maybe they just didn't perform well in the exam and then they won't get the grade that they sort of like deserved, I suppose. And yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough um, to kind of um, go through to have to experience that. And all of us now when we're doing exams have to experience that. Um, sorry, because you were saying earlier on about, sorry, I forgot what you said. I was talking about just how you felt the, uh, regarding the stress going into like an exam because obviously after you've done the exam what I was talking about you know it's still easy to be stressed and anxious about oh I don't know what I'm gonna get but it's easier to relax after when it after it's actually done um so I'm yeah I'm kind of alluding to the fact that it's so difficult to control our nerves once deadlines or once exams are fast approaching and I, I also wanted to add as well what you were saying I totally agree with what you were saying with regards to, you know, we might have a bad day on the day of the exam. What if you're on your period and you have terrible period cramps and you're not feeling your best? Is that taking into consideration? Maybe you maybe nowadays it is more is considered more if you speak to your department and you raise it. But I feel like many times they're looking for a med a medical like note from your GP or doctor saying, oh, you know, they didn't do so well. And yeah. kind of having a justification like that, and they might not consider um, things that happen more regularly, like period cramps. Yeah, I don't think you could probably get ex uh, not excluded. Like, what's the word? Exempt. Um, exempted. Mm -hmm. Exempt from having really bad period cramps. They would probably just go like, do your exam, or like, do you have a medical a medical condition that tells us that this affects your performance do you know what I mean like I feel like just having period cramps wouldn't mean enough but yeah in terms of um knowing what's enough when it comes to studying for the exam and having that guilt of like have I studied have I done enough like have I actually um done enough I think we're you're always going to have that sort of guilt like even at the last minute you're like oh you're like checking through your notes like oh I need to know everything I need to know everything and there's so much pressure I think the importance is just doing whatever you can starting from the beginning and like I don't believe in cram cramming two-week revisions before the exam like I already did that like when I was in first year and it just didn't work it's not it's not it's not gonna lead to good results and you just have to put in the work from the beginning and be consistent I feel like consistency is key and if you have this good routine and you're doing like your nine-to-five work um and then just before the exam you you keep that up I think that's more like it prevents you from feeling guilty because you're like I've done everything in my power and as you said Chris like it's up to the lecturer it's up to the marker to essentially like determine what your grade is going to be and you you cannot control it and as I said like when it came to um, the stress that comes after it 
you know, once you're done exams, you're not stressing about it. You're out there celebrating. You don't care like about exams anymore. But for when it comes to a day like this one, where, for example, I had my personal experience when I had to open my results. Honestly, I didn't do anything today. It's been a bad day for me. I, I've spent the whole day worrying about exams. I think the key is to keep busy and like do things like if you have work, go to work. Or if you have something going on, like go and do go and go for a walk or just do things that are going to keep your mind off rather than being on your phone all day and like checking what people have been saying and checking your results because it just makes you even more nervous and more anxious. So that was kind of how I approached it this year. So, yeah, I was just kind of checking my results and refreshing because you don't know what time they kind of come out. So the first couple of results were really good. Some were a bit of shockers, to be honest. I really thought I did better, so I'm going to have to check my paper and see how, how I've done in those because I came out of the exam thinking, oh, I got an A1, like I've done so well. And then I literally saw my, my grade and I was like, whoa, what happened there? So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. I'm going to have to check my my markings and see and um, where I went wrong but overall I'm happy um I'm setting at like a 2-1 at the moment which could be better could be better I, I definitely would like to aim for first but I'm currently in third year so I think it only counts about 30 to 40 percent um so yeah I'm at a 2-1 at the moment definitely want to see that increasing and going up but it has been a really difficult year especially because we have been doing studying from home and it has been a real challenge you know I've had to do I've, it's felt like I've had to do uni on my own and I've had very little support throughout the year in terms of I mean I have had a lot of support from like my advisor and and support from lectures and so on but in terms of actual you know after um like extra support like you know when you're in lectures and you want to ask questions like the lecture is just there but you don't have that when you're at home so it has been quite a challenge um so yeah I'm I was a bit upset today not gonna lie with my results but we move we move <laughs> we continue and hopefully I'll improve um for the next year but yeah so that's kind of one I wanted to talk about um it is hard to kind of detach yourself from numbers and detach yourself from percentages and and see like what you're getting and be like oh it's fine like I'm gonna keep going it's a little bit demotivating but I'm just trying to keep positive and just look at the bright side at least I'm happy that I got into my master's program so um I did have to get a certain GPA to, in order to get into my master's program and that was something that I was was worried about because I was like oh my goodness with these grades I'm not getting but I'm happy all of them I got them back and I am proud to say that I will be getting into my master's program so that's the good news um but yeah how did you feel when you were you know in third year did you feel any stress or any pressure in order to you know um achieve certain grades or were you pretty chill um did you have quite a calm approach about it uh I need to think about that one like third year was a while back but before I say anything, I want to just congratulate you on on being on a 2-1 because many times we demand too much from ourselves and we always obviously, I mean, Monica and I were both quite high achievers and we want always to strive for the best. And we oftentimes are too harsh on ourselves when we there's no need to be because we worked really hard and and we 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 got good, good grades. It's just maybe they weren't as amazing as we would have dreamed of so just congratulate I just want to congratulate you Monica because you've done amazing and you've worked so hard and especially 
given the circumstances this year that have been very, very difficult. And as you say, you felt like you were carrying the whole like degree just on your own. And um, I also wanted to add um, that I feel like I always hated, uh, not the people, but I hated when people after an exam would hang out and just kind of compare answers and say, oh, what did you get here? What did you get there? I would like run away. I'd be like, no, I don't want to know. Like the exam is done. I don't want to think about it because maybe someone says they got this. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. Like you don't know. So it's only going to cause more stress. I prefer to walk away from that and just wait till results day. Um, also, yeah, before I answer your question, I'm kind of like um, going through like parts here. Um, you might have heard some screaming coming from downstairs. My my housemates are watching the football. So maybe if you hear someone screaming, uh, France has probably scored again. Who's so, playing tonight? Who's uh, playing tonight? It's France and Germany. Yeah. Um, so by the time we've posted this, it'll be long gone. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm missing it, sadly, but it's OK. Um, so answering your question, third year. Third year was uh, OK. I, I did like basically my grades declined from first year like that is sort of normal because first year is the easiest year and coming from high school or secondary school you think you know oh you're um get like you're getting all these grades you're like in your 90s like high percentages and then you go to university and you're like oh reality check damn uh, it's not as easy to get you know as high grades you need to really 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 yeah work for it I think for me it's been the opposite sorry to interrupt there I think for me it's been like kind of from worse to better like I feel like I'm definitely getting better in my grades yeah, like, I, I feel like that's more of a trend for me I now. think also because we've had different university experiences like as you say you've been focusing more on your grades now especially being on lockdown like there wasn't that much to do you were staying at home more and focusing more on your studies I I remember in first year I I like studied a lot um and then I mean I studied a lot all every year to be honest except mm -hmm. from fourth year <laughs> which I I messed up my fourth year really which was a shame but um yes um I can't like really remember specifically my fourth year my third year just because like my fourth year was so traumatic Aww. that that I like that one is the one that's like ingrained in my brain <laughs> um so yeah, I think third year was okay. Um, yeah, it wasn't as great as I would have liked, but it was okay. What did you find to be the hardest year? Fourth or third? Or uh, fourth year was the hardest year. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. I just, I was also not focusing on uni as much, maybe because I was overcompensating for like not having lived the typical uni life in like the beginning. So I was like, okay. I wasn't like going out all the time because obviously I had stuff to do, but I was like taking part in loads of like extracurriculars that I didn't need to be part of because I my CV was full of yeah. Things like already. you've always you've always done a lot since first year, yeah. so you've not had yeah. to have the need. Yeah, because for me, I feel like first and second year was like my fun, and I got it off my system, and like I had you know I enjoyed myself, I hang out with friends and so on. But I feel like when it hit third year, like I was like. A hermit I was like studying studying so I feel like now going into fourth and fifth year I'm just gonna stick to the study study because I feel like I like you know there's there's so many things that we've already done for CV yeah, and but 
I feel like I'm glad that we're having this conversation because you're still in university and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are still in university and me having finished now and as I said you know being on the other side I feel like it's it's something good to be listening to this while while you're still at uni because I feel like I I mean not that I'm going to give you like life-changing advice but (laughs) like things that I wish I had told myself in uni like I can tell you and I can tell our listeners and definitely something that I've been learning from you anyway, Monica, from a conversation with Stuti uh, a few weeks ago was, yeah, to really make sure that you separate your life and your work because I didn't, um, because I didn't know how to do that in university. I literally lived, in, not literally, but almost <laughs> literally lived in the library I genuinely spent all of my time there and it wasn't productive time I would just tell myself hey you have to study like your life is your your degree is your life and this is all there is and then you'll have your fun once you graduate and that is such a toxic mentality and I don't know if anybody listening feels like that but that is definitely not the way to go definitely a lot of time wasted um just procrastinating because I was like I have all this time it's like our favorite um um th- what is it called like theory or or like the our favorite law uh which is uh I forget Parkinson's, 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 law, Parkinson's yeah. law um which yeah just means that you you can just you if you have a lot of time to do something you just give yourself What's the time? But um, oh. I mean, I look. Sorry, I just wanted to say real quick. Like, I look back and I'm like, oh, I regret this or that. But realistically, if I were in that same situation again, I'd probably do something similar because I, I got my degree, I did well, I was doing lots of extracurricular things, and yes, I could have been more organized or more like disciplined instead of procrastinating, but. I'm not perfect and but you learn I did I did what I could I've learned and yeah it was it was a good experience overall a lot of stress definitely but it's worth it in the end yeah I agree I think noting on what you said as well I think what from our mentality or maybe from our family and I think a lot of families or people could probably relate to this but I think is that idea of get your degree first and you know don't think about anything else don't work I mean no a lot of people do have do actually work and do part-time jobs um, during uni which is what most people do but um, a lot of the kind of mentality is around getting that degree and it's like don't join societies don't do this don't do that like you're wasting time like get that degree but then at the end of the day like yeah you get the degree but you also want to have fun and have experiences and like know that you also had like a good university experience um so something that I've like tried to do I think I've learned this from you Chris um because you've been involved in like so many societies and so many things that you've done so obviously following her first steps I was doing the same as well but I think like now for example this year when I look back it was a really tough year but I look back and I don't think wow I was so stressed like I literally think wow I was so chill I don't know if it was because I was at home or just how I handled it maybe like I didn't feel like this immense pressure for for some reason this year like I was a bit like okay whatever like let's just um let's just do it but mm, yeah 
I'm not sure like why, why did you feel so much stress was it because you felt like you had to get a certain grade or was it tons of workload or like meeting deadlines or you couldn't cope with like all the all the things that were going on at the same time because I mean uni is a stressful time I'm, I'm acting like oh yeah it's chill but it is stressful I'm just like wondering what it was that caused the major stress for you I think being underprepared is definitely one of the reasons and you know underestimating when you need to have like obviously we're, I'm talking from the perspective of a, a chemical engineering student like I know the experience is totally different depending on, on what degree you're studying I know other like courses have like barely any lectures a week and like that's fine you know but like from what I studied I felt like it was full-on I like for example if you have a lecture uh, like you have different lectures in a week and you have different tutorials along with those lectures make sure that you do them that week and you don't say oh I'll do that next week because next week you're going to have another set of lectures and tutorials that you're going to have to do and then you're going to fall behind and everything is going to become stressful so yeah <laughs> I feel like in in my fourth year as I was saying I was focusing too much on getting different experiences I think I mentioned this in another episode maybe in the first season where I was like chess club president I was volunteering as a brand ambassador in different in like multiple things and then even joined like this coding course and did a Japanese course but I had to drop out because I, I couldn't breathe I was doing too many things and I don't even remember like loads of things on top of the toughest year of my degree um so I I just wasn't keeping up to date with my with my tutorials and my my everything and also a big lesson that I've learned that I still struggled with, but I feel like I'm way better now, like I'm definitely way better, is to ask for help. And throughout uni, I've always felt this imposter syndrome where, you know, oh my God, I have no idea what's happening. And because I don't even know what's happening, I don't even know what I don't know and I don't know what to ask. And so I wouldn't ask and I would just be so lost and I would kind of rely on my, on my friends and sort of helping me out or you know working together with them but I wouldn't directly go to a lecturer to really say hey I don't know what this is and how it works and that is something that I definitely wish I had done just ask for help and don't worry if you if it makes you sound like a fool like that's fine that's what they're there for and yeah hey like 100 <laughs> percent, 100% because that was definitely one of my biggest fears fears yeah you could say last like in the last two years like I never asked questions or I I tried my best like I would go in with friends to ask questions but it would never be like oh I'm gonna go on my own and ask questions like I wouldn't have the, that initiative but this year I maybe I don't know if it was because I was at home or just simply because I was like eff it like I'm just gonna ask questions like why are they here like I'm struggling so much I really need help so I'm really glad like that's definitely one of the biggest pieces of advice like a lot of people are scared to ask questions because they don't want to embarrass themselves they want to they want to like sound stupid in front of the lecture but at the end of the day they're there to help you and they're not going to be like oh you should know that they should know this and if they say that like it's fine like you're there to learn um and it's way better I think there's this quote and it's better to it's better to uh, something. Remember, Chris, what I told you? It was like it's better to ask and sound stupid than to remain stupid. I don't know what the quote is, 
but it's better to literally ask and sound stupid and then know the answer and become smarter than just to remain stupid because of the fear of embarrassment and the fear of asking the question. And at the end of the day, like no one is judging you. No, there's so many people in the same boat as you. Like a lot of the time I ask questions and then I think, oh damn, no one's asking anything. Like, do they just know everything? And then I text them and they're like, oh yeah, thanks for asking that. Or like, oh, I didn't know that question either. So some people are just afraid to ask or simply don't want to ask, but there's many, many people that are probably in the same exact boat as you. And there's people that probably have the exact same questions. So don't have the fear to ask. And also it's going to make you more confident and people are going to actually be happy that you asked, like you're helping other people out at the same time. So um, that's definitely really good that you mentioned that, Chris. And uh, just important, yes, sorry. And really important because I reckon now that you're working, you know, when you have that skill, when you're at uni and you ask questions, you want to do the exact same thing when you're at work. Like there's so many things that you probably have no idea what they are and you want to learn about and you want to have that confidence to also ask your coworkers um, or your boss or whoever it may be for, for questions and how to go about things as well. Yeah, I feel that in a work environment, I feel more confident because it's just me and the team I work with or, you know, my department, etc., and I don't compare myself as much because there's there isn't another hundred of me who I'm working like simultaneously with, if that makes sense. But I I do remember back at university that I don't know if it's like a Scottish university thing or like UK, but basically I remember, I mean, me include myself included, no one would say anything. People are quite quiet, like especially not even like maybe yeah in class like in a lecture full of like 100 150 people you're a bit shy to speak up like that's normal understandable but even in forums like on the student online platform like people rarely ask questions maybe they would only ask like when exams were coming so another piece of advice would be to really make use of those platforms like obviously in whatever form they happen to be in your university but like if you have an issue with a tutorial question, you know, post a picture, ask your lecturer. That's that's their job really, like to help you out. And yeah, that that's something that I that I definitely did at the start. Um, in in first year actually, I had more subjects like not as specific. It was like chemistry, maths, and then some chemical engineering modules. But there was this uh, math math sort of workshop that they had you could go every day it was like a drop-in and I would genuinely spend hours in that room and like learn so much and I ended up doing really really well in maths because of that so if I had spent the same amount of time asking about issues that I had in my other modules at university I would have done so much better I'm I'm sure of that Mm -hmm. yeah I really like what you said about I don't know if it's the culture or Uh, if this is a generalization but I get the exact same thing and I've asked other people from different unis and they feel the exact same way like the majority of my cohort is Scottish and we have a big group chat with and sometimes when we have coursework so we have things or tutorials I'll ask questions and literally nobody replies like there's the, the communication in that chat is very 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 minimal and it makes me wonder like I thought we were all in it together. I thought we're all here to help each other. But I don't know if it's because people have their smaller groups. Like I also have, I have the big group with, you know, my cohort. And then I have like a smaller group with people who are kind of like more my friends. And I talk to them um, and we chat a lot more in that group. But 
sometimes when I have like a more general question, I ask it on the chat and no one gets back to me. And I don't know if it's like they don't want to, they, do, they just don't want to talk or I don't know what it is. I don't really understand why, why there's this sort of like, there's not like a lot of involvement when it comes to getting everyone, helping each other out and everything. I, I yeah, it might be. It, it might be to do with uh, some revelry. I'm not very sure, but I do. I do know that people help each other in smaller groups. Like they would help their closest friends from the course, but perhaps not necessarily like someone who they haven't really spoken to. Yeah, um, this maybe goes to just human, uh, like social interaction. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the thing is, it's not like I'm asking them to do like a big thing. It's like, oh, do you know how to do, do you know, like small little questions here and there. It's not like I'm ever asking them to do my report or anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like a little question tutorial, like, oh, do you guys know how to go about this? And and sometimes you would think, oh, maybe they can help you out. Because I, I would be really, really happy to be willing to help people. Like if they have questions, put them on the chat. I will help you to the best of my ability. But like. I don't know I don't see many people kind of talking between them or because I think that's the hard part because I know so many people struggle I know so many people that are in my course that struggle and that might not have those people to, um, to talk to um, and I really wanted to create to chat to kind of like bring everyone together and have a place to ask questions but I never see people kind of interacting and on it which surprises me. Do you have I'm pretty sure you do, but um, is there a forum platform where you can, like, Moodle, is that what you use in your university? Um, do people actually ask questions there instead for everyone no. to see? No. But are you able to? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, like, a forum, but it's basically non-existent. Like, no one, I'm pretty certain no one actually asks questions. So most of people will probably private me email the lecture or they will private message when we're on the zoom and they will ask questions but most people don't ask questions in lectures most okay. people do not ask questions as i've observed very very rarely to ask questions unless it is you know a tutorial and you have to ask kind of questions because otherwise why are you there um but during the lecture not very likely for people to ask questions in the general as I've seen, and I see it more, I see it more that it's like um, the Americans that are asking questions or, you know, like South Americans or like Europeans, like Eastern Europeans, but you don't see like the Scottish people usually asking questions. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You Scottish people out there tell me, am I generalizing? Do you ask questions? Uh, why do you think this could be? Is there is there something behind it? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what it could. Is it maybe like an individual thing? Because I don't want to generalize. I don't want to say, oh, Scottish people are like this, because that's just a blunt, blatant statement, which is obviously not true. And it depends very much so on the person. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was talking to my cousin who's from London and I felt like people talk a lot more down there. So I don't know. Depends. Maybe. Hey, this is a bit mean, but maybe because everybody else has to pay tuition fees Scottish students mm. don't so they don't take the opportunity they take it for granted maybe that has to do with I don't know, don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not that but maybe it's cultural who knows maybe yeah. in schools some students are encouraged to participate way more actually that may be true because uh, Monica and I 
when we went to school and um, when we were younger so we went to a French school and basically we had to recite these poems in front of the whole class you would learn in primary school or for example imagine you had a lesson in history you would be asked to learn the whole text like literally memorize the text and recite it in front of the class if you were picked the next day so I feel like that exposure to speaking in front of others maybe leads you to be a bit more open when it comes to asking questions in front yeah. of everyone oh my goodness that was stress levels 100 though that was extreme stress levels like you could get picked whenever they wanted and you also had to get your parents to sign your poem and if you didn't get your parents to sign your poem you got sent to the head teacher which actually happened to me so it was very it was uh a super it was very strict like you're like 10 years old and you're like right tomorrow you're doing a poem and you see all these kids like like super scared like oh my god no don't pick me um you know, I yeah, didn't get that when I was at school in Scotland at all people were yeah, in Scotland you would just if you had to read in front of, of the whole class the teacher would ask everyone to read and in, in turns but you were sat down on your desk you're looking down at your book not making any eye contact with anyone and my voice would still shake so it's a very different experience but anyway that's another whole story on the side university is tough and so with I just wanted to kind of change gears a little bit but talking on the to uh, topic of grades and um we were so basically earlier we were mentioning how it's kind of the more conventional route is to finish your degree and get your first class or get your good grades and then find a job and find work but something that I find that I kind of discovered was doing a year placement which I hadn't really thought about before because I was so set on finishing my degree and just completing you know trying to get the best grade that I could and then finding a job after I graduated but when when I was applying to my to my summer placements I I stumbled upon an industrial placement so I went ahead I applied to so I applied to Solterra and I got accepted but then when it came to applying to the individual companies, I got offered a an internship. I sorry, I got offered an interview, but then they didn't even give me the chance for interview because they said that I didn't have enough experience on the role. Yeah, I got shortlisted for an interview and I was like, okay, so I didn't even get the chance to interview. So yeah, that was kind of the last chance that I had. Um, and I was a little bit disheartened, honestly, because, uh, you know, solitary is hard. There's a lot of process that goes into it. There is like, eight different processes or something like that in order to actually get an offer from the company so it is very very competitive so Saltar is basically this um you could say an organization say, an or yeah so it, basically Saltar is an organization that focus on entrepreneurship and it works with entrepreneurial Scotland to find young um, young and aspiring entrepreneurs to work with different companies across the globe and uh, different industries and different businesses, which is really, really good. Um, we have, you know, there's internships all the way from Dubai um, to Australia, to Canada, to even ones in Scotland. So there are plenty, plenty of opportunities. And it is a great chance for you to work with um, worldwide partners and just like people from across the globe, because, you know, when you're working in the UK it's hard for yourself to just find internships abroad without the help of an organization of people so Saltire kind of 
allowed that um, bridge between um, and, uh, worldwide uh, global partners and yourself. So that was that was kind of what I really liked about satire. I liked the entrepreneurship aspect as well. Like it's very, you know, um, it's, you know, there's so many people that have been a true testament to the success of satire, like people that have gone on to work for um, themselves and create their own businesses and people who have gone on to work with amazing businesses and, and make significant changes in the world. So um, it was something that I loved, especially after Chris was involved in doing her internship there in, 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 in Houston, sorry, in Texas. And it just looked like an amazing experience that I wanted to get involved in. However, this year it was online. So that was a little bit, um, I guess, disheartening because you didn't get to go to the country. But nonetheless, it was still, it was still would have been an amazing experience. So I applied to a company in Canada and I got shortlisted by Saltire for interview. But after waiting for about two weeks, the company told me that I didn't have enough um, DevOps experience in, in their internship. So I understood. I was like, OK, fair enough okay great so I didn't get interviewed so that was kind of uh disheartening for me because I didn't have any plans for the summer um and then I applied for Arab and I literally spent I think about three hours applying to Arab because I was like I really really want to I really really want to apply to Arab like this is such an amazing company such a great opportunity to work for water and environmental and the water an environmental team so I thought what an amazing experience I love this so much it would be great 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 um, opportunity to do an industrial placement so I applied and then I got an email a couple of days later and it was like um, I don't know if it was like I was standing application but they basically said something great about my application yeah and then kind of fast forwarding I got shortlisted for interview which is really good news for me and then I sat my interview and it was amazing. It was really, really good. It was definitely one of the best interviews that I've ever done. Um, I think the interviews really liked me and it was a great experience. And then they told me they would give me an answer by the end of the week. So I was kind of patiently waiting and didn't hear back, but I was still patient. And hopeful that I, I did manage to some hopefully secure an internship. So Fast forwarding to today, when I got my, I, a lot of stuff has happened today, actually, like a lot of stuff has been quite a, a fill on day. So fast forward today, I get a call from a number and I'm like, hello, <laughs> hello. So yeah, I get a call from a number and I pick up and it is HR from the company that I applied to. And um yeah I was excited because I thought okay surely I've gotten the job now because someone's won me but no turned out I didn't turned out I got rejected and I was heartbroken I was really upset but um yeah so they told me that the interview went really really well but I just didn't um answer the technical question correctly which was kind of a shame because um I just it was such a good interview and I was really excited and passionate about the role so it just kind of taught me that like in life you're going to get rejected and that's fine and it's just part of the process and it's part of the journey and clearly it just wasn't meant for me like if I didn't get it it just wasn't meant for me at this time at this moment in time and there was so much more that I had to do in order to get there and like maybe I just don't have the technical knowledge or the skills at the moment even though they really liked my experience and everything that I do and my passion for the role I, I perhaps wasn't the right candidate which is okay 
so it's really taught me that you don't have to give up and you just have to continue and if you really believe in a company or an organization or charity or something don't give up just continue apply 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 and you know if you keep applying they'll know that you're really wanting to work for them and they'll know and they'll find out um so I'm hopeful that one day we'll be at work be able to work for them but for now um I'm just gonna have to sort of continue on my path so next plans are to continue my fourth year hopefully do well and get first class um, and then perhaps find a, a year placement because I think it's such an it's such a valuable experience Chris. what do you think about year placement do you wish you had done one or do you not regret not doing one I mean, I wasn't aware of doing a year placement back when I was at university or I wasn't aware that it was possible for me to do one because I know many university courses have it integrated as their sort of whole degree. Um, and yeah, I was quite happy in just doing my five years because five years is still quite a lot and just graduating and, and starting work. I from he hearing from people who I worked with during my in summer internship, and uh, during my fourth year I got to see that they really learned so much just even my supervisor in my internship did a year-long placement and he was saying how his last year after so he did his sandwich year let's say his placement year and when he returned to university he felt like everything was so easy because you learn to have a degree of discipline of you know having to show up every single day at work and working with different teams of people and you learn so many different skills both technical and, and soft skills that you wouldn't otherwise learn just studying theoretical knowledge in, in university so I feel that you definitely grow I've experienced that in a small scale by, by doing you know two internships or I, I did anyway I experienced that in a small scale while I was still at uni when I did two internships but that amounted to let's say you know four or five months but doing a whole year of this, I'm sure would have helped me so much. And yeah, I think it would have been a great experience. I, I unfortunately didn't get to do it, but um, hey, I still got a job. And I feel like it's not a must, but I think that the most important is that you put yourself out there, you get the experience. And, you know, Moni, you were saying about how you, you know, you went through different rejections and that is totally okay. Like everybody gets rejected, myself included. And for example, during my third year, I got rejected from a lot of different places and I ended up getting saltire because I persevered and different factors, you know, we were saying the same with exams, like, I don't know, I was lucky that day or, or I, I, I researched the company really well and I performed really well in the technical question, et cetera. It, it depends and it depends also who you're up against and all different factors that we don't know because we can't see. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely piece of advice is have a plan B, C, D, E with what you're wanting to do. Obviously it's easier said than done. Um, when I was up getting my internship in my third year, I actually got accepted to do a project in house project in my university it was a research project. And I got accepted to do it. And that was before I had, um, what's the word, been accepted with Saltire. And I had to really say, okay, do I want to do the research project or risk not having anything? So basically, this is this, these were the options. Doing the research project at my university, which had to do with you know chemical engineering, et cetera, or risk 
doing the Solterra interviews and maybe not get anything. But I was like, I want to definitely try it, even though I might end up with nothing. And so it all turned out okay, and I ended up getting the internship. But during that period, I also did interviews for many other different companies that rejected me and other ones that I had to say no to because I firmly believed that I was going to get my internship in Houston. And that was really, those were really difficult decisions because it's having something that you can physically hold almost and having something that might be, might happen. And it's really coming back to that belief in yourself and saying, no, I think I can do this. I think I'm prepared and worthy and, and you're doing your best. And again, I really liked what you said, Monica, with respect to re- realizing, hey, maybe it wasn't time for me to embark on this journey. Maybe I wasn't prepared enough. And it, all it does is teach you how to improve for next time. I, I got rejected from a graduate job that I really, really wanted to do. Um, and I remember I remember talking about this in like maybe the first episode that we had on this podcast and just being really heartbroken because I really wanted it. But then taking myself out on a walk and saying, Hey, I didn't get it for a reason. Maybe my values didn't align with the companies. I did the best that I could. And I feel like after hearing you, Monica, talk about your experience in your interview, I think you freaking nailed it. So, Hey, it's their loss. Um, I know it's easy to say because I wasn't there and everything but it's definitely their loss you have so much to offer and hey maybe another company can like gets to work with you and you can get get to work with them so so I think the hardest part is probably when you pick it up in your head and you make up these scenarios of what it would be like to move to this new city and be working for this company and you create this reality in your head and then I think I already like I believed it in myself I thought oh yeah I definitely get it I definitely got it and then when I got the call today, I kind of was in disbelief that I didn't get it. I was like, what? Are you serious? So, yeah, but it's definitely been a humbling experience. And honestly, like, you know, I'm always of the belief that whatever is meant for me will come for me. Whatever is not meant for me um, isn't just meant for me. I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to be mad because I didn't get it. Like, clearly, there's a reason behind it. And there's much more. It's more humbling to me. Um, and it teaches me that there's a lot more that I still have to learn and a lot more that I still have to grow. So um, definitely something to take away for next time when I go to, on to apply. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been a real lesson and there's so much many, there's way, way, way more rejections that are going to come my way. I'm not aware. And this has just been one of them. Like, I mean, if I've applied to one job, I'm not going to get the first job that I applied to. Do you know what I mean? So um definitely expecting more rejections but just to kind of um finish up the podcast Chris I wanted to kind of talk about if you've ever sort of the experience you know I went on LinkedIn today after uh the University of Glasgow got the results back and I saw a lot of people saying you know I got first class and I got I, you know I got a first class I'm so happy thank you thank you and I'm I'm so proud of everyone that got first class and I think people should be posting um their achievements um, but I also wanted to ask if there is a sense of pressure for people to achieve a first class. And what about those that don't make it to a 2-1 or a first and maybe get two 2 or a third? You know, people don't talk about or congratulate these people. Um, so I just wanted to see your thoughts on whether, 
you know, like, what are your thoughts on on the whole first class, first class pressure that a lot of students experience? And then when they don't get it, they feel really, really, you know, um, like they're not worthy because maybe they got a tutu and and they see all this, you know, it's, it's a competitive market. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of competition when it comes to going, getting jobs. So yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the sort of um, like, on the topic, I guess, of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is actually a really interesting question because basically me looking at different graduate opportunities, I did see that a lot of the jobs required a 2-1, a minimum of a 2-1. And there are some jobs that, that accept 2-2, but I haven't, I hadn't seen any that accepted lower than that. And obviously you don't have to get a grad job after you graduate. You can just get a normal job, like entry-level job that doesn't make you a graduate um, and in that company or, or whatsoever. But um, obviously, this is obvious. The greater, the higher degree classification that you have, the the easier or your, the greater your chances of attain, getting a job after graduation. Maybe not necessarily between a first and a two one. The employers will definitely look at your experience, but there is a difference between getting a two two and a two one from what I have seen. So now answering the question from a more personal perspective, I did feel the pressure what um with what you were saying. In LinkedIn, people saying, oh, my God, I got it first. Uh, look, I got this degree with di- distinction, etc." And I mean, this is very like, well, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but like just honest. Like I didn't post it on my LinkedIn or on any type of social media because part of me was, I wouldn't say ashamed, but almost that I didn't get the first. Like I felt like it wasn't something worthy of of celebration I was like mm, a two one you know and like that is ridiculous because I worked my ass off and I and that is great like if I just saw myself like yes um you have a master's in chemical engineering like that is great but even though that was that thing on the back of my mind that perfectionistic self that like hard on yourself mindset that was like no that's not good enough and it actually haunted me for a long time I'm not gonna lie that I was like, oh my God, like, why didn't I get it first? Why didn't I? I should have worked harder on my fourth year. Like, if only, if only, if only. And the thing is, you can't change that. And the, th- the thing also is, it doesn't matter because I needed a 2-1 for the job that I'm doing now. And I got that. And that's it. And no one else that I know of is going to look at my degree classification after that. You just need that for your first job, really. And then as long as you can perform in your job and that you can really communicate well and convey your ideas and work well with your team, et cetera, all these different skills, that is what is valued at the end of the day. And obviously it's it's great to, to aim for a first and that is what you should do when you start university because it's like a chess game, right? If you start a chess game thinking, yes, I'm going to win, you might win, you might draw. But if you already think, oh my God, uh, I just want to get a draw, it's more likely that you'll lose. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to go with that like winner's mindset when you go in. But then what happens afterwards in the chessboard? Like who knows? So 
I don't know if I answered your question. That is sort of what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Um, also, life is not over if you get attitude. You still have so many opportunities. Obviously, you may not get, as I said, all of these grad jobs, but hey, you still have so much more, so much to offer. And yeah. I definitely want to emphasize the importance of experience and getting yourself out there, learning different skills, especially working in industry is going to benefit benefit you hugely because I feel like just by doing my internships, I learned so much more than many times just doing my degree. Yeah. Because you see how all of your learning is applied to real life scenario and that's where it actually matters. Yeah. I, I'm really happy that you shared your story there. Thank you so much. And I think that, you know, we have so much pressure, honestly, on LinkedIn and posting on Facebook and letting everyone know. And I think, you know, you should be so proud of yourself. You should be really proud. But I kind of feel for those that don't get that recognition because there are people that have been sweating, that have been working on their own, that have been putting in the hours and then it just didn't show because either maybe they had some family problems and they just had so much going on at the same problem. Maybe they had an illness. Maybe they just didn't perform well that day. Like there are so many factors and it just, you don't see people congratulating someone that gives a two, two or a third and they still deserve to have that recognition. They still deserve, you know, they have passed their, their degree and they have been there and they have been working and some people, um, yeah some people have been working really hard they just didn't get that first um the first class uh sorry that first class uh classification sorry so yeah and for those that have graduated have completed uni i do want to congratulate you because it is a very difficult ride it is a long long journey so i am very proud of you no matter what degree classification just kind of getting through it is really important and if you are worried about you know not getting that degree classification as we said it is equally as important to get experience so it's not all about that the percentage that you get in an exam like as long as you also show that you're a well-skilled rounded person and that you're maybe um, skilled in a particular subject say you're really really good at coding that will also help um, your job prospects massively in finding opportunities as well so it's not the end of the world if say you didn't get the degree that you needed for a job there are still so many opportunities and it doesn't have to be as Chris said a grad job you can find entry-level jobs and jobs where you can feel that um, your skills really fit to the role and as we said it also doesn't have to be all about finding a job like um, I was reading an article and it shows that people find so much pressure to find a grad uh, or a job six months after they graduate uni and it's not for everyone finding a job straight away some people need to take a year out they need to figure themselves out or they need to they want to go traveling or they want to embark on these other opportunities and it doesn't have to be all about you know finding a job at the end of graduation there are so many other opportunities expanding your skill set finding other opportunities getting involved with organizations finding charities that you want to support so there's plenty plenty of opportunities so don't ever think that just because you didn't get that first or that two one that you're not worthy of so many opportunities that lie ahead in your path in your in your way as well um so yeah that's something that i wanted to kind of share as well for everyone yeah and i think that just our episode with Aisha is such a good example of that just really emphasizing how you don't need to get a job straight out of university just try and find as much experience all those opportunities 
just keep craving them and like finding them as best as you can and eventually you will find something if you put in the work so I I totally loved how you summed everything up and yeah I I know it's been a hard day for you Moni and I'm so glad that you you're here with us today just like giving us your time and your your thoughts and experience and I hope that you feel a little bit better um yeah it's been a long day and it's it's getting dark so yeah I'm literally falling asleep guys sorry if I sounded like kind of tired and like exhausted we've started recording really late and I'm like ready for Mm, bed right now so exhausted (laughs) but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and learned something from me and I just want to congratulate everyone that's graduated this year and is also at uni or even who's graduated high school um, and is about to embark on the uni experience or people that have graduated college or just any type of graduation I want to congratulate you for all of your efforts yeah well done (laughs) it's not easy bye